0: Welcome everyone, we're about to begin Bezis HaShem Shir number 311. Well, the last two Shirem have been on difficult topics, and here's another one. And I'm not doing this on purpose, (laughs) lining them up, um, you know, these not pleasant topics. But these are topics that um, I know I need to talk about, and um, I've frankly been sort of circumventing it, avoiding it to a certain extent. It's hard for me to give these shiurim, but it's important. Uh, So to talk about addiction, uh, the first step one needs to know that if someone's spouse has an addiction, if there is a danger, an absolute danger there, or abuse, then very often there is no other alternative other than to do everything you can to leave the situation. However, if the addict is willing to recover, wants to recover, and is willing to take all the necessary steps to recover, then the other spouse has the option that they can't do it together. They can do it and still ultimately have a marriage that will be deep and healing at the end of the road. Addiction is a very complicated thing. People make the assumption always that it's poor choices, bad bechira, being evil, choosing the wrong thing, and it's simply a choice, and you're quote-unquote a Russia because you chose to go on that path, and it's really more complicated than that. There is genetics involved. So, for example, and this is very true, Rabbi Avram Tversky talked about it when he talked about alcohol addiction that you study family history. If you trace back and you know of it and you know that your grandfather was an alcoholic, and maybe even going further, even if it skipped your father, or if, certainly if your father drinks a lot, drinks a lot too, then you know you have that tendency and you need to be careful to stay away from it. And other people may be able to handle going to a kiddush, taking a a drink of wine, schnapps, and everything's fine. They can handle it. And they're not pulled to take another drink and another drink. But with your genetical makeup for certain people, it's a path that just ends in Gehenna. A lot has to do with family upbringing. A lot has to do with the access and exposure one has has to the addiction itself, whether it's pornography, whether it's sexual stuff, whether it's drugs, and whether it's casinos for gambling, and whether it's food. Food. So whether all of these things. And one thing also, it's important to know that once a person is addicted, they can't snap snap out of it. They cannot snap out of it. They cannot just uh you know I'll fight my itzahara and it doesn't work that way. They need real professional help. And addiction takes a tremendous toll on the spouse of the addict and their children, emotionally, physically, mentally. And it changes the patterns in the brain. And actually, when you go into recovery and you do the 12 steps, and you work through the whole process of whatever the healing is regarding addiction, you're actually rerouting around that path in the brain, or changing your path again to do your best in learning how to avoid the pitfall of that addiction. And for the one who is married to someone that became an addict, you need to realize you cannot change them On your own, you cannot do anything. The only thing you can do is if you choose, they're a good, decent person. And again, it's talking about an addict that has to be willing to recover and take the steps to recover, that you love them, but loving them itself will not heal them from it because they love their vice more than they love you right now. That's their God. That's their Avay right now. But you could love them and they can love you but your love has to be a supportive love, not an enabling love, which we're going to discuss now. And the one you cite is, is if this, once an addiction is discovered and it's recognized as being a real addiction, it cannot be held a secret. It cannot be held a secret by the one who is the addict. It cannot be held a secret by the spouse, the husband or wife of the addict. Why? Because it needs to be actual, real Intervention. The intervention has to take place. If you keep the addiction secret, it enables the and fuels the addiction further. And it, it'll for sure kill your relationship. It will kill your marriage, and it'll and it'll really destroy your children. It cannot be kept secret. Does that mean you tell the whole world? Of course not. There's no mitzvah to announce it in Rosh Hashanah. You know, I have or my spouse has a. Food uh, food addiction, alcohol addiction, sex addiction, drug addiction, gambling addiction. There's no mitzvah to do that. What I mean by making pl- public means that it's not a secret anymore. You have to share it with a certain purpose. And you're worried about Hilchus Lashon Hara, you ask the Shila And 100% t- of the time, out of 100% of the time, they will tell you you have a chiv to divulge this to the people that you know that could be serious emotional support for you and to get the help that you need like i said you could ask the shayla and you will ask the shayla if you're halila in the situation a hundred percent of the time they will say you have a chiv to not keep it secret anymore but tell it to specific people in your family or your friends and a network of healthy mature people and mental health expert that can help through the process if, uh, uh, if your spouse has a clear addiction, secrecy is terrible. It will kill the marriage. It will kill the relationship. The secret needs to be told. And you have to open the door. And again, you're worried about Lush and Hara, you ask a Shiloh. But it has to be exposed. In addition to this, it's important to know that certain addictions, besides harming the relationship itself, could actually be physically harmful to you. So for example, if there was a if it's a, if it's a sexual type of addiction, you need to go to the doctor together. And to make sure that there was no sexually dise- sexual diseases that were transmitted uh, you know, by that and to make sure that you are healthy and that you not suffer any health issues because of your spouse's addiction. Now, when a spouse decides they're going to, because they know their husband or wife is a dear person, a good person, and they have so much potential and they could recover from this, then yes, you can support them. And it's admirable. You could choose not to support them. No one's judging, judging you. It's a personal choice. You talk it through, you process it however you process it. But if you make decision, I love my husband, I love my wife, they have an addiction, I want to support them. I want to love them. I want to keep them through. I want to keep my family intact. I want to protect my children that they're not harmed by this addiction. And I want to make this a loving home for their sake as well as for my sake to make our marriage better and to come out on the other side. If a spouse of an addict, of an addict decides to do that, What's important to do is to know the differentiation between support and enabling. You support strongly, but you don't enable. Meaning, you tell your spouse, the addict, I'm here for you, but I'm not your doctor. I'm not your mental health uh, provider. You need to be either checked into a facility, if that's what's required right now, to get you detoxed from, whether it's the drugs, the alcohol, or whatever it is, you need to go into specific facilities that are designed for this, or go through the 12 steps, go through all the whole process. I will support you. I will back you up, but I will not enable you. There will be no booze in the house, not even grape juice by, say, the night. You're going to have to use colored water, pretend it's grape juice, whatever you have to do. I don't care. No enabling. No enabling but I support you. There's a big difference between the two. The support person themselves, the addict obviously needs therapy, needs treatment, but the support person themselves needs their own therapy, needs their own moral support, needs their own encouragement. And like we said, you talk to Arav about what Lush and Hara it entails or doesn't entail, but al rav you need to be honest. With mature, healthy friends or family, that your Rav or paisik, whoever you ask the shilo, will tell you it is mutter or even a kiev to tell them about the what you're going through so that you could get have this support and network. And the children need you need to know how to handle it when it comes to children, also. And um, there's no shame in it. And it's really the, the addict's responsibility themselves. It's not yours. It's not your children's. You can help love the person during a recovering. You could love a recovering addict. You could express love. You could express acceptance, but all of this without enabling. Now, it requires a lot of shikala on what you tell the children because unfortunately, very often when you hide it, they know, they see, they sense. So therefore, sometimes hiding it creates ten times more agony for them, more stress for them than being open and telling them exactly what's taking place so for example, you know, sometimes and it depends, you ask, Shaila, you, ask das, you know people who know what your children are like, each one according to their age, according to their capacity to understand, sometimes you may have to pull your child aside, each one separately, their own age, thinks and say you know, your father, your mother whichever one is ill they have a drinking problem they have to stay away from 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 that type of thing it's difficult for them they are ill they need treatment for it and they're getting treatment for them and we're going to support your father your mother whatever it is in the treatment of this but during all this time there's no shame there's no guilt there's no sharing of responsibility because you as the wife or husband of the addict is not responsible, you, as the child, certainly not responsible. So you are just supporting, you are not enabling. And the idea also is very important, is that when this treatment, the addict decides to go through treatment and got through a milestone, whether it's a month, two months of being completely sober, of not touching a bottle of drink or whatever other, whatever their addiction is, you make a big deal about it. And you encourage them. That encouraged them. That encouragement keeps them going to continue to want to go on this path. It's not your responsibility to carry your spouse's load. It's not your load. It's not your achrayas. But your encouragement does mean a lot. Your encouragement can help a lot. Your encouragement can give fuel and give koichas to the addict to be able to continue their treatment with determination and to pull out on the other side. But remember, when you celebrate these milestones, you have to use common sense. If you're a food addict, if if your spouse is a food addict, don't say, okay, we're going to celebrate and you bring a cake home. Worst thing that you can do. Or if they're an alcoholic, okay, let's celebrate. We'll make a l'chaim. Worst thing that you can do. That's sabotaging it. You have to celebrate with other things, other types of things. Not with the actual Issue of whatever that addiction is. And the truth is, is it's a choice. No one can judge a spouse of an addict that's recovering. And again, like I said, if there's real abuse going on or you could be harmed, physically harmed, emotionally har- harmed in the abuse, it's a separate situation. Then you have to, you have no choice, less braver. You have to move out of the situation, and make sure that you and your children are protected. We're talking about an addict that right now there is no danger to be with that person, and that person, the addict, wants to recover and is willing to take the steps to be recovered. I'm willing to check myself into a facility. I'm willing to go into SA meetings. I'm willing to follow all the 12 steps, whatever it is. If they're willing to do that, then the spouse of that addict that's recovering, can make a choice. They don't have to make this choice, but they can make the choice that I'm going to be supportive. Not an enabler. I'm going to support them. But the thing is, though, is when you do that, you realize your life is changing and needs adjustment. So, for example, you have no choice. You're going to have to place strict boundaries in the home with certain things. The marriage can get better. It can get a lot better. There are people... You read up on it in books. You read up in interviews. You read up in people who wrote books about addictions where they themselves were addicts to drugs or who knows what, and they're 30 years already sober. 30 years sober, day in, day out You know how they do it, but they're 30 years sober. So it could be done, and it has been done, and marriages can thrive and get better, and those are the deepest people once they do come out on the other side. But the spouse of that addict that's recovering knows there's going to be strict boundaries. If if the alcohol was the issue, you can't have any alcohol in the house. Seder, you have to ask a Shiloh how to handle the Seder. Uh, uh, and, uh, you know, the other family members, for Lamushal is an example. Robert Ptorski, I remember, once talked about it, where he basically, he in his early part of his career, I think, early, early on, And he admitted he made an error. He said, you can't use wine, but use grape juice. But for that particular person, even that was a trigger. And, you know, and then he fell downhill from that. So what happens if you, you know, Seder, Mitzvah Arba Kaisis. The father doesn't want him to be embarrassed. Let's see, there's even guests there. So there has to be a shickle of how to figure out how to do it without embarrassing him. But he cannot have wine. And in many instances, he cannot have grape juice. And if the wife and the children want to be the kind of Mitzvah of Arba they have to figure out a way to, <laughs> on the lock and key or whatever it is, to make sure that it's not a triggering event for the, the husband or the wife that has this issue with, with, the, with, the, with the alcohol. And the same goes with all the other types of addictions. So again, this is also not a pleasant topic, um, but it's important to discuss. And uh, the key really is, is that the addict themselves, they need to have that awareness. I am sick. I am ill. I need help. And I need to get that treatment. And then only if they do that, only if they do that, then the spouse the, uh, the, uh, uh, can decide to be a support, but never an enabler. And an addict will learn. They cannot be upset at their wife or at their husband for not enabling them and putting these boundaries in place. But they can support. And we haven't talked about this, and this is a separate concept in the shiurim of how when you come out on the other side, these people are the most deepest, wonderful people. Very often these addictions, people make a mistake. They think it's because... I ran after some taiva and till the point where I couldn't control it anymore. Maybe have some Rashan that this is the case. They ran after overeating good foods until they become fell into addiction. They ran to uh, places where they shouldn't have run and they fell into Znust, the immorality. They ran into places that there were parties and then they, 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 they got addicted to that and so on and so forth. That could happen, but very, very often they don't... Uh, many, many addicts fall into this to, to really sort of replace a certain pain or emotional distress that they have and they use this unhealthy vice to alleviate that stress. Not an excuse, not right, but the bottom line is it's a replacing a certain pain and that's, they're using this to cover it up and part of the process of recovery is to go through that healing process. Kadashbok should help, we should not know of all any of these problems of the last three shiurim that we talked about. We should not know of emotional abuse, we should not know of divorces, and we should not know of addictions, and should only be health and wealth, uh and in all of Kalistral. And with this and discuss, but it's just we should be zeigen, but she should come, be curried, but my and look